Welcome to Season 2 of IVF Tales. I'm your host, Simone. This podcast was created with the intention of making the world of infertility a little less lonely. Each episode will have a new guest share their IVF journey, sharing some of the most courageous, surprising, intimate and saddest moments of their lives. It's real and raw, it's IVF Tales. Hey everyone, just a bit of bonus content for you after releasing uh, our own episode earlier this week. The first thing I do want to mention, just for educational purposes, um, just in regards to a sperm count, uh, because I know Stuart did touch base on it and spoke something about 1 to 14 um, and and what's normal and whatnot, Um, just wanted to clarify. So normal is anything above 15 million per mil I'm pretty sure um, but a good average you're looking at 40 million uh, per mil or or even more so I just wanted to clear that up for anyone that is uh, you know looking at male infertility um, it just might make a little bit more sense gold star Stuart though for trying um, now there's a few other things that I actually missed uh, when when telling our story so I've got a little list here and I thought I would just go through just for a bit of um, extra content before I start releasing um, other people's uh, stories so um, I actually do have hypothyroidism which was pretty well managed Um, but during our fertility treatment I think I was getting my thyroid tested at least every six months um, just to make sure that it was below 2.5 so the TSH below 2.5 that's where my fertility specialist liked it once I was actually pregnant with Genevieve I think I was about five or six weeks pregnant and I was sitting there having intralipids and the nurse said oh you've got a very irregular heartbeat and I was totally asymptomatic had no idea what she was talking about she said oh do you think I could just do an ECG anyway so the ECG was very abnormal um so I actually had to take it back to my GP who referred me to a cardiologist I then had to have another ECG which was abnormal I had a 24-hour halter monitor uh, that was abnormal too, but pretty much what it was showing is I was having these uh, regular PVCs, so premature ventricular contractions. So pretty much just an irregular heartbeat, um, which I was totally asymptomatic with. Um, you know, I was asked, did I get chest pain? Did I get palpitations? And absolutely nothing. However, my thyroid function at the time, so my TSH was 5.4 so pr- prior to falling pregnant I think it was like 0.7 um so yeah just something to watch because yeah fertility treatment pregnancies you know can can uh alter that um I was also tested for that MTHFR gene mutation um 
I don't think it means a whole lot. I just added aspirin to a treatment planner and instead of being on folic acid, I just started folinic acid because I needed an, an active uh, folate. So folic acid was no good for me. Um, that's right. I never actually talked about um, super release. So we actually, I think it was for our third IVF cycle, I did access some super. So I think I took about 18,000 from my super. So I just wanted to mention that as well. I know Stuart and I talked about using all of our savings and borrowing money from our parents, but I just wanted to mention that we did actually um, access my super for one of our rounds. Another thing I didn't mention, um, I think after, must have been after our fourth or fifth failed transfer, Stuart came home one day from work and I think I had sat myself on the couch for most of the day. I don't think I ate much. And yeah, anyway, he just came home to that and I was not in a good way. Um, Anyway, so we ended up seeking some counseling through the fertility clinic so I think we were able to see her within like a couple of days um, and we just talked through a few things which was really good and she pretty much just said to me look I think you need a couple of weeks off work Uh, you need to be the patient you need to have some self-care and so I actually did I was really lucky um, to be able to take a couple of weeks off work. I, I mean, being a midwife, um, being surrounded by other midwives and, you know, we work in women's health. I was very lucky that I worked, um, with other midwives and managers that just understood and were, um, just really supportive. So I was able to have a couple of weeks off just for some self-care and just to sort of recharge and take some time for myself. And it actually did wonders for my mental health. So I just thought I would um, mention that because we just missed that that little bit out. What else? Um, oh, I didn't talk about egg quality supplements. So I think before our second egg pickup, um, I was on the CoQ10 melatonin I think I probably added some vitamin d and fish oil and all that I remember I had like a box um that I got from the chemist you know that old people you know elderly people have and it's like the the um days of the week oh I had a box was just filled with all these different tablets to take you you try anything so I just remember having that you know for before and during a steam cycle um And I don't think I talked a lot about intralipids. So with immune protocol, so from my fourth transfer all the way up to the the ninth transfer, I did a lot of intralipids. So that was part of the immune protocols, even towards the end, that more aggressive uh, tailored immune protocol to um, help with the DQ alpha gene match. There was a lot of intralipids, Um, you know, at a couple of hundred dollars a pop and um, getting cannulated and you know sitting there for an hour or two each time um so yeah a lot of that went on 
And the steroids as well, I just wanted to mention, um, I started the first immune protocol I was on, I started on prednisolone um, and then after finding out about the DQ alpha gene, I actually switched to dexamethasone. Um, my steroid weight gain was ridiculous. I'll have to um, I'll have to share a photo with you of my moon face because I I think I um, I've got the best one out there. I laugh about it now. <laughs> it's a shocking photo. I'll share it with you all. Um, but yeah, it really took a toll on my physical well-being. I even had people at work like asking if I was okay, you know, what was going on with me because I had put on a little, uh, you know, a lot of weight really quickly and yeah, it really upset me because I was like I'm I'm actually just trying to have a baby and I'm lot of, I'm, I'm I'm on a lot of medications um to help me through this and yeah, I just oh, it really annoyed me. Um but looking back at this photo, it's quite funny. I didn't know how bad it was until I saw this photo of me, I think at about nine weeks pregnant. So yes, I'll, um, I'll share that on the socials with you guys soon. If anyone wants to, to have a look, you'll definitely feel better, um, about your own weight gain or moon face. If you're currently on, um, steroids, you'll, yeah, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, also wives tales. I did, I think I did it all. So the first few transfers, I think I was eating like the, the pineapple and the Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts are disgusting by the way. I think I even tried to put them in smoothies and oh, they, they just taste like dirt. Don't recommend that one. Um, I always wore socks. So I would come home from a transfer and I'd always wear warm fluffy socks that was just one thing I don't know doesn't hurt just to keep keep your feet warm because why not I think I need the Macca's chips a few times look does it work doesn't it work who knows um and I also did the pomegranate juice um I think for the cycle I fell pregnant with Genevieve I don't think I did it for when I fell pregnant with Max but um I know of a few ladies that do the pomegranate juice. I think it's just to help with lining. All wives' tales, like there's no evidence behind it. Um, I'm just telling you that that's, that's what I did. Um, it's all a little bit crazy, but you just, you try anything. So that's the, the few things that I did during our journey. Um, also, I haven't show, shared a photo yet, but I will of... A little bunny called Fifi. This beautiful little grey crocheted bunny. I actually won off a another Facebook page. Who I think at the time, um, Ange was actually she had a like a store, and she's also like an online support group for anyone you know wanting um, IVF or fertility merch. Um, anyway, so she had these little bunnies, they were called Fifi, and uh, she did a competition, um, and I actually won Fifi, and Fifi then became my little uh, good luck charm, 
Um, so I'll, I'll share a photo eventually of Fifi as well because, yeah, it's a very special little bunny. It's actually now um, oh, it's, I've actually just put it in with the kids' soft toys because, um, yeah, it's a very special little, uh, yeah, a little bunny. She, um, he, she, she was with me um, for Genevieve's transfer and for Max's transfer. So, yeah, I was that person that would bring a a fluffy little soft toy to the the transfers but I just didn't care because yeah it's something very special to me and um and still is and one last thing um I had a lot of support going through our journey I was very open with our journey and I had a lot of people um, that I'd met through online support groups. Social media is so powerful. And I still have friends to this day that I, I talk to weekly. We meet up, um, you know, for breakfast or lunch and, and catch up. You know, we've got our own little mother's group now. And it's just so special. And I went through some very dark times. And, I it yeah, it really helped just having these um support people i also have um, another friend i've known for 20 years um she went through ivf as well and the messages that her and i exchanged it would be so hilarious if we could just have them printed out and it was made into a book because we just talked so much crap and there were some really sad times and there was times where we were just both in hysterics, like the things that we shared and went through together. Um, yeah, she, she definitely, um, yeah, supported me through a lot of it. And I think she would probably say the same about me. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a really good friend. We've got 20, 20 years of friendship and definitely going through IVF together just made us stronger we you know just had that little bond that no one else really understood um also my mum was very supportive my uh, my best friend who didn't know a whole lot about IVF um she just tried she was so supportive and really tried to empathize I remember there was a few times you know I had a failed transfer and she would leave work and you know take me out to lunch or uh, you know buy like a beautiful gift or even just come over and have a glass of wine and just um, and talk it through so I just hope anyone going through this journey please have someone that you can talk to whether it's a stranger who you just start chatting to through a support group um, you know on Facebook or Instagram or whether it's um, you know, your best friend, your mum, your sister, just someone. It just, it's so lonely and to do it alone would just be so hard. You, you just, you need that support. You need someone to vent to. You need someone to cry to, get angry with, bounce ideas off. And if you don't have that person, please send me a message. Flick me an email. I will talk to you because, yeah, you cannot do this alone. Thank you 
for listening to another episode of IVF Tales. Would you like to share your tale? Click on the SurveyMonkey link below and I'll get in touch with you.